Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved, but the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today. Last week, I discussed how to find a good name for your podcast. This week, I want to talk about the style of your podcast. Specifically, I want to talk about who will be on your podcast. It might just be you for now, but it doesn't always have to be that way. So let's talk. Podcast Better is for you, the podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster, who has a business, a cause, or a hobby that you're passionate about. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Welcome, 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 fellow podcaster, to another episode of Podcast Better. The way I see it, you have three basic options when it comes to the who of your podcast. You can do a solo show, you can find one or more co-hosts to do the show with you, or you can invite guests on your show every week. I have fairly extensive experience with all three of these options, so I figured it's about time to shed some light on this for you. If you've listened to all my episodes, you've probably heard me mention my other shows before, but I'm going to use them as examples once again because they kind of run the gamut. My first show, Tales from Godric's Hollow, I had a co-host. This was partly because of the content of the show. It required me to have a co-host, but it's also how I felt most comfortable. Up until that point, I had only been a guest on other people's shows, and I didn't really know all the ins and outs of podcasting. I didn't know how the recording and uploading and all that stuff worked. And so I wanted someone who had that experience to be on the show with me to do that work for me. So that was part of the reason I knew I wanted to have a co-host. It was a comfort level thing. I wasn't comfortable doing it by myself, so I wanted someone there with me. Over the course of time, we did occasionally have guests on the show. Or if one of us couldn't be there one week for some reason, we might invite someone else on the show. But for the most part, it was just me and my co-host. We did that for two years, I believe. My second show, Need More Buffs. Initially, I had thought, this is going to be a solo project. This is going to be something where I can venture out on my own. But once I started planning what I wanted to talk about, it made more sense to do it as a guest show. So just about every week, I'd say 90 to 95% of the episodes, I had a guest on the show with me. Very occasionally, if a guest had to cancel on me or I had a specific topic I wanted to talk about that I didn't have a guest for, I would do the occasional solo show then. 
And then by the end of that run, I finally got to the point where I didn't want to keep inviting guests on. I didn't want to keep tracking them down every week. And so I brought on a co-host. I had someone in mind by that point who wanted to get into podcasting. I knew they could talk a lot and I knew they knew the content and I knew that I got along with them. So I invited them onto the show. We ran it as a test for a couple of weeks, but then I eventually invited him on as like my permanent co-host. And he stayed with me until the very end of the run. My next show, Beam Me Up, was very similar to Tales from Godric's Hollow. It required a co-host. In fact, I would argue that my podcasting partner, it's almost his podcast, and he brought me on as a co-host because we kind of reversed the roles from where we were in Tales from Godric's Hollow, or where I was at least. He wasn't on that show. But even with this show, he does occasionally bring on guests for special episodes. And then, of course, we have Podcast Better. Podcast Better is the first show that I've truly done as a solo show, where the majority of the time I am running the show by myself. You guys are sitting here right now listening to me and only me. I don't have a co-host. I don't have a guest right now. But as you do know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I do occasionally have guests on the show. So I think that's the first thing I want to cover is just because you start with one style doesn't mean you have to stay there the entire time. And even if you decide to have a guest for one show, it doesn't mean you have to have a guest for the shows from then on. They can just be occasional guests. And you can transition from having a co-host to doing a solo show to bringing on another co-host or start with having a guest show and then go to a solo show and then bring a co-host on later. However you want to do it, it's up to you. It's your show. Do what makes sense for you. Do whatever is most comfortable for you. Because in the long run, that's going to help make it a better show. But I want to dive into those three styles a little bit to explain why I like them, why I don't, pros and cons and where they work the best. So the solo show. The solo show is the easiest to schedule. And I know that sounds weird to say schedule, but when you're working with a co-host or a guest, scheduling is a huge issue. So I want to bring that up as a huge pro of running a solo show. You don't have to schedule this show with anyone except yourself. You just have to make time to do it. Now, for some people, that can actually be a drawback because you don't necessarily have a strict deadline when you need to record. You haven't set a time to record. So I do recommend that. If you are planning on doing a solo show, set aside a certain day or a certain time where you are going to sit down and record your episodes. Try to stick to that schedule. It doesn't have to be the same all the time, obviously. Record when you have time. But if you set aside a specific time, you are more likely to get the recording done and out and recorded on a regular schedule. One of the downsides, though, of doing a solo show is that you have to have enough content to fill the space. Now, I've talked about this before. Back in episode 15, there is no ideal length for a podcast. There is no amount of time you need to fill. If you have content that's only five minutes long, your podcast is five minutes long. I got into a conversation about this over on Facebook the other day, and Will Taylor put it the best, I think. The rule is don't make five minutes of content last for 15 minutes and don't cram 15 minutes of content into five minutes. And that's exactly what I'm getting after. Don't make your content fit the time. The time is whatever your content is. That being said, while you're recording a solo podcast, 
as long as you're not doing it live, as long as you're not live streaming, you should never feel compelled to fill all the silences. Don't be compelled to ramble on and on just so there's something going on because that's the beauty of editing. And that's something I teach back in episode three where I talk about filler words, but it works for this as well. I encourage you to leave silences in your episodes because silence can be removed instantly during the editing process. And it's going to save you a whole lot of time editing. When you're doing a solo show by yourself, it is super simple to just stop talking, leave the silence, give yourself time to think and time to process what you want to say, and then only say the important things. Then when you go back, you remove the silence during the editing process and you only have the important things, which means you don't have to do a lot of extra editing. You don't have to edit the content because you've already done that just by pausing and leaving the silences and not putting in the filler words and not putting in the extra ramblings into your recording. So solo shows, I think, work very well for informational type podcasts, as I would consider podcasts better. I'm providing you with hopefully a wealth of information, giving you my opinions on things. But of course, they also work well for storytelling or narrative type of podcasts, whether you're turning it into sort of an audiobook of something you've written, or if you're doing something like one of the most famous podcasts out there, Lore, where he's basically reading a scripted show, but it's a solo show. So solo shows are easy to do when you think about it from a scheduling point of view. It's just you. You don't have to worry about other people. You can just sit down whenever you're available, press the record button, and go at it. But it can be a little bit more difficult because you have no one to talk to. You only have your opinion, just one opinion. So you have to fill in both sides of of the discussion if there is a discussion to be had. Or you just have to make sure you have the full story because no one else is going to be there to fill in the details for you. So if you're not certain about that, if that's not something you feel 100% comfortable with, then maybe a co-host is for you. Co-hosts allow things to become more conversational. If you're not familiar with your co-host from the beginning, over time you'll develop a rapport and things will get better and smoother as you go along. Now obviously when you have anyone else on the show with you, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because sometimes you're going to have conflicting opinions. Sometimes you're going to want to talk at the same time and talk over each other. And that's not always the best to listen to. But like I said, once you develop that rapport, once you get used to your co-host and talking with them on the air, it's going to be a lot easier to get into a rhythm and to understand when each person is going to want to talk. This is also why I highly recommend that you have some sort of visual communication with whoever you are recording with. If you're not doing it in person, which I never do, I recommend that you have something up on your computer screen. I prefer to connect via StreamYard. It is my go-to method for remotely connecting with people. I don't actually do the recording through StreamYard, although I use it as my backup in case something happens to my main recording. But it's just my way to connect with them so I can grab their audio. It's my way to connect with them visually so we're on the same page all the time. I can see what's going on. I can give them visual cues like, hey, I want to talk now. So please end your statement soon so I can interject. Because that'll help too when you don't want to be talking over each other all the time. Now, of course, there are some other problems is as soon as you have one co-host 
or if you have multiple co-hosts, which I will point out is a common thing to do, but it gets harder and harder, not only from a who's talking at what time standpoint, but it gets tougher and tougher to schedule. The more schedules you have to get together, the harder it becomes to record. When it's just yourself, it's super simple. When it's you and one co-host, it gets a little bit more difficult. You have to align two schedules and find time to record. But if you have three or four people on the show, it can be very difficult if everybody isn't committed at the same level and willing to set aside a certain time every day or every week to sit down and record. And a little side note, I never recommend going over four people on a podcast at a time. It gets too hectic, too crowded. Nobody's going to be able to get all the words in that they want to. So that's my rule of thumb is I I cap it at four. So that can be you and three guests. That can be you and three co-hosts. It can be you, your co-host, and two guests. Whatever combination you want, I, I re- never recommend going over four people on a podcast at a time. If you have a co-host on the show, I could easily do a show like this with a co-host. Sometimes my co-host is going to have a difference of opinion, but sometimes they'll back me up. But when you do have a co-host, different types of shows become more possible. It's easier to have discussions on topics. It's easier to analyze and break down different things. Like Tales from God Hollow, we were breaking down Harry Potter. Beam Me Up, we're breaking down Star Trek. There was a stark difference between the different types of shows I did with Need More Buffs. When I did a solo show, it was typically just me giving updates on the community, updates on tournaments and such. But when I had a co-host on, that allowed for more discussion and more analysis. That allowed us to take a deeper look at the cards and break them down and hypothesize as to where they might be best used. Could I have done some of that as a solo show? Probably, but it wouldn't have been as interesting. Where we can bounce ideas off each other. We have very different minds, and so we had very different opinions And we would come up with different ideas, and then we could build off of each other and go back and forth. That's really hard to do on a solo show. And then finally, there's the guest show. Guest shows can be very exciting, but they are a little bit risky as well. Like having a co-host, inviting a guest on the show can bring some more conversational atmosphere to the show, but it can also turn into a little bit more of an interview as opposed to a conversation. And maybe that's what you're going for. That's up to you. It's your show. But as soon as you head towards the interview and thinking about it as an interview, it can definitely get a little more structured, get a little more rigid, and not as fun and easy to listen to. Guests can be a little bit risky because you might not know them as well. You might not know their style. You don't have that rapport with them. You're probably only talking to them this once. So you might lack a little bit of chemistry. You might end up talking over each other a little bit more. They might not respond the exact way you expect them to. And it's hard to judge because you only have this one experience with them, really. Guests are also the toughest to schedule. This is often because you don't know the people. A co-host, even if you are meeting them for the first time when you start the show, over time you'll get to know them and you'll get to know their schedule and they'll get to know you and your schedule and you'll be able to work together. A guest, on the other hand, they're scheduling a one-time appointment. And so you don't know how they work. They don't know how you work. And your schedules might be very conflicting. On top of that, if you want to regularly have guests on your show, you need to consistently be searching for new guests and scheduling new guests. It's not an easy thing to do week after week after week. 
I can't imagine doing it for every episode of my show, doing it twice a week here on Podcast Better. That would be way too much for me. I know I struggled with it sometimes back when I was doing Need More Buffs. I managed to make it work that just about every week I had a guest on the show. The few times that I didn't were usually because the guest had to cancel, and so I ended up doing a solo show. But over time, I I was very well ingrained within the community, and people knew me, and I knew a lot of people within the community, and I started having recurring guests, or I could even go out on the night I needed to record and say, hey, my guest canceled. Does anyone want to fill the slot tonight? And I could usually find someone that could fill the slot that night. But that was a special circumstance where that was a small, very tight-knit community. And not everybody is going to have that. So I know I've made working with guests sound probably a little less appealing than some of the other options. It can have some of the biggest upsides as well. Because this is where the power of podcasting comes in. This is where you can really start to expand your network. This is where you can dive in and take advantage of other people's audiences. Having guests on the show can be one of the biggest things you can do for your show and for your brand as well. Getting your name out there. Getting your name and your show associated with these big names in your niche. So while guests are going to be harder to schedule and they're going to be harder to come by and they're going to be lacking in chemistry, I do recommend trying it out. It's going to be a good learning experience for you. It's going to be something that is going to help you and your brand grow. And for those reasons alone, I think it's something everybody should try at some point. Even if you want to do a solo show 99% of the time, think about inviting a guest. It can have enormous benefits for you. But that's it. Those are your three options. You have a solo show, you have a co-host, one or more co-hosts, or you can have guests. And like I said, you can mix and match as many as you want. You can change it up over time. It's all up to you. But those are your three basic options. They all have their pros and cons. So work with what you're most comfortable with. If you're not sure what you're going to be comfortable with, just try something out. Like I said back in episode four, record a test episode, a pilot episode. You never have to air everything you record. There's nothing that says, oh, I recorded it, so I have to release it, unless you signed a contract somewhere. But test it out. Test out a solo show and see if it works for you. Invite someone on as a guest and see if it works for you. If you like them so much, talk to them again and see... Maybe they're interested in becoming a co-host over time. Start off with one guest appearance, turn them into a recurring guest, and if you guys get along and if they like it and you like it, see if you can work together long-term. There are plenty of options out there. I encourage you to explore them. Podcasting can be a very powerful tool, and until you explore all your options, you might not find just what has the most power for you. I wish you the best of luck in your journey, and I'll talk to you soon. If you're starting a podcast soon, you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a clean, user-friendly interface. Their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast. But if you ever get stuck, I'm more than happy to help you out. Buzzsprout also has the best customer service I've ever experienced. So even if I'm unable to help, rest assured that your problem will be handled. You can try Buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link. Just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. That's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. If you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan, 
Buzzsprout will even send you a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid month. It's a win for everybody. Let me know if you have any questions, but head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today, and I can't wait to see what you create. <laughs>